Welcome to Greg Kelly reports on Lydia Serrani in for Greg this evening. Democracy. We hear that word a lot, especially in politics. The United States is supposed to be a democracy, right? But what is a democracy? The word democracy comes from the Greek word demos, meaning people, and kratos, meaning power. So democracy literally means power of the people, a way of governing which depends on the will of the people. In President Lincoln's 1863 Gettysburg Address, he ended it eloquently and simply with these words now more poignant than ever, quote, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom and that government of the people, by the people, for the people shall not perish from the earth. Now I have to wonder, is this concept of democracy now perishing due to people ruled by their emotions rather than their common sense? Last night, Maine Secretary of State Shana Bellows decided to take President Trump off the presidential ballot. Here is the documentation right here. And then she immediately appeared on the propaganda networks. Again, I am so mindful, and I, I said this in my decision, uh, that it is unprecedented. No secretary of state has ever deprived a presidential candidate of ballot access based on Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. But no presidential candidate has ever engaged in insurrection and been disqualified under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. Not only did Trump not engage in an insurrection, and neither did any of the J6 demonstrators, not a single one, including Trump, were even charged, never mind convicted, of an insurrection. The only thing most of these insurrectionists were armed with, insurrectionists, I'm going to use air quotes, was a giant iced coffee. You've seen the videos. We're playing it right there, meandering around. Yet Bellows took it upon herself to usurp the will of the people, the right of the people, to choose who they want to be the president of the United States. Here she is audaciously claiming now on MSNBC that she was simply following the rule of law. So I was duty bound uh, to follow Maine law to uh, ensure the candidates, all the candidates who appear on the primary ballot are qualified for the office they seek. Duty bound? What actually, what, what Bellows actually believes is that her clearly partisan, as seen by her ecstatic photos right there with Barack Obama and Joe Biden, her unilateral decision, that's all she cares about, overruled your right and mine to vote for the candidate that we want, the ones that we want to choose. With one swift move, Bellows defied the constitu Constitution. She defiled her position as Secretary of State, disenfranchised you and your rights to benefit the candidate of her choice, a Democrat, and her choice only simply because of her feelings. Those feelings, clearly, ones of loathing towards President Trump, which, by the way, are very, very well documented. Her Twitter feed, just take a look at it right there alone, shows her loathing for Trump long, long before January 6, 2021. I counted dozens of hate on Trump tweets authored by Bellows herself. Her Trump derangement syndrome clearly overriding her common sense. Even her own past words on whom should select our leaders. Take a listen. The right to vote is fundamental to everything else that we care about. Our democracy depends on every American citizen being able to participate and exercise the right to vote, to hold those in power accountable for decisions that are made, and to make sure that our government is representing the will of the people. 
And yet she continues to go against the will of the people. All you have to do is take a closer look at her 34-page ruling disqualifying Trump from the 2024 presidential ballot, which she likely feverishly began writing once polls emerged that Trump could beat Biden in a head-to-head. -head. You're seeing him leading in, like, all the swing states. It's 34 pages long. She cites no case law. Uh, no precedent on her decision and writes a lot about the sham January 6th hearing. Let's take a look at page 10 of the document. She writes that she decided that Trump's objections are overruled. So she decided this all of a sudden. Also, you'll see a lot of I this and I that. By the way, she is not even a lawyer. Page 11, she writes that states have inherent authority over the ballots. Okay, what does that have anything to do with the supposed insurrection that has now disqualified Trump from the ballot? She also mentions YouTube clips, news articles, all of which would be inadmissible in an actual court of law. I mean, I've read this entire thing, so you don't have to. And obviously, I'm not a lawyer either. But I guarantee you, if she handed this in in law school, she'd probably get an F on this paper. Bellows also conspicuously never mentions these famous words by President Trump that he said on January 6th know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Nor did she mention this little snippet from that exact same day either. But you have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. It's a very tough period of time. There's never been a time like this. Clearly the words of a man who was commanding an insurrection. Hmm. You probably don't remember that second video right there because social media took it down within minutes. I wonder why. So here's what's going to happen next. More radicals will jump on this election interference, spit in the face of democracy bandwagon, because that's what all of this is. President Biden, like with other crises plaguing this country from the border to the economy, he could stop this right now, today, tonight. He could give a nationwide address and say that he wants to beat Trump fair and square on Election Day, but he knows he can't. That's why they're doing this. And that would actually mean Democrats would have to play by the rules. A lot to discuss. Let's bring in our expert panel, former senior advisor for Senate Judiciary Committee, Garrett Ventry. Also joining us, Randy Zellin, criminal defense attorney and former prosecutor. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Randy, let's start off with you first. I mean, you know Bellows was probably out of bounds. Not probably. She was out of bounds. When I'm agreeing with CNN's top legal analyst, I want you to take a listen to this clip. If you look at the hearing, and she details this in the, in the ruling, they heard from one fact witness, a law professor. She based her ruling on a lot of documents, but also YouTube clips, news reports, things that would never pass the bar in normal court. She's not a lawyer, by the way. <laughs> She's not a lawyer, by the way, but Randy, you are. What do you think? Listen, I, I do it. I play it on TV and I do it in real life. <laughs> what it boils down to is very simple. There is an amendment to the Constitution, Article 14, Section 3. And the disqualifying word is the word engages. And it was not for the Secretary of State to determine herself that the former president engaged in an act of insurrection, no more than it is for me or it is for you. So she is not out of bounds. She's so far out of bounds, she may be back in bounds. <laughs> 
And I, I mean, it's, it's not even a political issue at this point anymore to give a single person unilateral power to say, you know what, you're off the presidential ballot. It's mind blowing. I would be outraged, honest, honestly, if they were doing this to even a Democrat. Now, Garrett, I touched on Bellow's hypocrisy earlier in my, my monologue, but I want you to take a look at one of her tweets. She wrote, the fundamental right of any American citizen to vote freely, fairly, and to have their voted counted in the premise of our democracy. Also played a video there. Clearly, this only applies if you're going to, if you're going to vote for a Democrat, not if you're a Trump voter. Yeah, Lydia, no, your monologue was spot on here. Again, the most undemocratic thing you could do is stop people from voting uh, and selecting who they want for president. She is an unelected, uh, picked by the legislator, a Democrat-controlled legislator. The people didn't elect her. She's not an attorney. She has no constitutional authority to be doing this. That's number one. Number two, which I find interesting here, Senator Susan Collins, who's a massive Trump critic, has come out and condemned this decision. Angus King, a Democrat independent senator who caucuses with the Democrats, he's come out against this. Rep. Jared Golden, a Democrat congressman from Maine, he's voted to impeach President Trump as well. He has come out against this. So it is a pylon effect here. Again, this is disenfranchising hundreds of thousands of voters. We saw this in Colorado, where four unelected Democrat judges made this ruling. And I, I would think here the Supreme Court would have to come here and rule in at some point, because you're going to see this in a dozen other states here, and they need to tackle this before ballots are cast. Absolutely. And Randy, what do you think the Supreme Court does with this? Certainly, one can only hope that the Supreme Court determines what and who determines if someone has engaged in an act of insurrection. I think once that is defined, that will give us a roadmap to where we end up. And it may very well be that the Supreme Court says that a jury or a judge, beyond a reasonable doubt, must determine whether the former president engaged in an act of insurrection. And short of that, there has been no engaging in an act of insurrection, and he remains on the ballot. Randy, again, you're an attorney. You're one of the best around. If you if you saw this, right, this 34-page thing, and they're citing news articles, a YouTube clips, also the fact that she excluded the fact that he said march peacefully, and he said go home, you know, respect law and order. What do you think about that? Would any of like the fact that she purposely left out some information that, but she wants to put in YouTube clips? It's almost like this is like it would be laughed out of court. What do you think? It, it's partisanship at its finest because, look, a lot of what the former president said was after the fact, hours after the fact, probably after people begged, cajoled, did everything short of propping him up to say certain politically correct things. But that's neither here nor there. It was not for this secretary of state to determine the will of the people. It was not for this secretary of state to determine whether or not the former president engaged in an act of insurrection. That paper, those 34 pages, make better kindling for a fire this winter than they have any useful good anyplace else. <laughs> we can agree on that point. But he did say the peacefully and patriotically before they went to the Capitol, Garrett, right? So how do you command an insurrection to overthrow the government when you're telling people to peacefully and patriotically? No, you're absolutely right. Everybody admits that part here over and over again, right? They showed some of the violence from the day, which obviously anyone who committed violence against police officers 
those type of things, they should be prosecuted according to law. But this is not an insurrection. Let's not forget here, Jack Smith and two uh, Democrat prosecutors have not charged President Trump with insurrection. Uh, former Chief Justice Chase said that Congress is the one who determines if there was an insurrection, if someone is really disqualified from the ballot. Congress did do this. They impeached President Trump, and he was acquitted on this in the Senate on the charge of inciting an insurrection. So this is absolutely ludicrous. It has been decided by Congress already, and you have rogue secretaries of state who are unelected trying to do this here. It was not an insurrection that day. He's not been charged with that by any Democrat prosecutor or Biden's own Justice Department here. So this, again, in your monologue, you're absolutely right. This is an attempt to disenfranchise voters. It's an attempt to block President Trump because they know Joe Biden cannot beat him at the ballot box. That's why you have the four indictments. They're trying to throw him in jail. They're trying to stop you from voting him because Joe Biden cannot run on his record. The economy is abysmal. The border's out of control. And more and more people are disapproving his presidency going into 2024. Yeah, and I don't think it's a coincidence that they waited a few years when they see that he's beating Biden in a head-to-head and even in the swing They literally waited 30 months, Lydia. Remember this. They had two years to charge him. They appointed a special counsel three days after he said he was going to run for president. So this is completely politically moved. Well, here is the uh, the uh, uh, opinion here, whatever, the decision, excuse me, and we'll, we'll rip it up and throw in the garbage for everybody, right? Garrett Ventry, Randy Zellin, thank you both so much. Hopefully uh, the Supreme Court will make a, a wise decision there. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Happy Lydia. New Year to you both. Happy New Year. All right, coming up, our military has already been infiltrated with woke policies and leaders. Imagine if all of these illegals were fighting for our country as well. You imagine we actually gave them guns, not only citizenship. We're going to talk about that after the break. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen. Welcome back to Greg Kelly Reports. The border, it's wide open, jeopardizing our national security, and it's fiscally unsustainable. Customs and Border Protection now reporting 276,000 illegal alien encounters just this month alone. Incredible. That total combines, uh, I mean, if you see all of the illegals coming in, it, it combines populations of 17 states. You heard that right. That's how many illegals are here, more than the populations of 17 states. So why is it that every single move that Joe Biden makes, America loses, and our adversaries, they keep on winning? Well, it's hard to accept, but the fact remains, Joe Biden, he is aiding and abetting the largest invasion this country has ever experienced. And whenever something doesn't make sense to me, I think of these three simple words, follow the money. Thousands upon thousands of illegals. As we speak, they're on their way to the U.S. border. Meantime, Secretary Mayorkas and Secretary Blinken held a meeting yesterday with Mexican President Obrador. The outcome? A total failure, with Mexico asking the Biden White House for what else? More money. Let's bring in our border panel, president of the London Center for Policy Research, Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, also with us, research fellow in Border Security and Immigration Center at the Heritage Foundation, Simon Hankinson. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. Hey, Lydia. Good to be here. Thank you. 
Simon, let's start off with you first. So many non-governmental organizations are now being awarded multi-million dollar contracts. The Roosevelt Hotel right here in New York City, it's now the new migrant hub. It's, it's owned by not a MAGA Republican. It's owned by Pakistan. It's also on the receiving end of millions of dollars. All these other hotels, China, all of it funded with our taxpayer dollars. I can't help but wonder if at the end of the day, this is not so much as the fundamental change of our country, but it's all about the almighty dollar, specifically my dollar and yours. Yeah, I think uh, the Biden administration has an unlimited appetite for illegal immigration from an ideological point of view. And if it makes their friends, uh, their non-governmental organization friends rich, that's great too. Uh, we've seen the city of New York uh, spending a lot of its own taxpayers' dollars and begging the federal government for more money. Uh, now the state of Illinois has just given like $150 million more to house illegal immigrants in Chicago, while the mayor asks the federal government for even more money. Uh, so to them, as Margaret Thatcher said, the, the socialists only give up when they run out of other people's money. Yeah, and you can't help but wonder, are there, is somebody skimming off the top? Are there any kickbacks? Because it just, it doesn't make sense. Because now you even have Democrat mayors that are complaining that this is simply not sustainable. Lieutenant Colonel, not only are we putting up these illegals up in fancy hotels, free health care, you name it, but now some Democrats want them to join our woke military. Take a listen. Do you know what the recruiting numbers are at the Army and the Navy and the Air Force? They can't reach their quotas each month. They can't find enough people to join our military forces. And there are those who are undocumented who want the chance to serve and risk their lives for this country. Should we give them a chance? I think we should. Lieutenant Colonel, what do you think about that? I mean, there's talk about them joining police forces. There's even talk about arming, arming these illegals. So what we're right. going to arm the, the invasion and, and use our taxpayer dollars to do it so they can overthrow our government or overthrow us. It's just astounding to me. It is, and it's a full-spectrum incentivization of breaking the law. Think about this. From the moment the illegals hear about this, there's incentives to come here to become an illegal because you're paid by the government. Uh, they're paid amount of money to be settled here. And then, Lydia, now Dick Durbin is essentially saying because of the problems they, the Democrats, have created in the military with transgenderism, with the issues relating to wokeism. I mean, for goodness sake, why would someone from the Midwest who's patriotic, Lydia, want to join a military that does not share his his or her values or when they go into combat or go into harm's way, like in Iraq and the, and the, and the Red Sea, that nobody defends them. They're, they're expected to be shot at and not respond. So when you see the, the policies in place to de-incentivize patriotic Americans from joining, you're opening the door and you're encouraging uh, this environment for illegals to join. They want this, Lydia. They want to upend everything we stand for, and that's why you see these policies in place. They don't want patriotic Americans. They want to put the illegals in the military as another means of incentivizing people coming here. We see that the majority of these illegals, they're young men. They're young men Absolutely. of military age. And then a lot of our young people, they're being killed by the fentanyl that's being carried over and pouring Absolutely. through the border by the cartels. So you kind of wonder, what is the grand plan here? Now, Simon, among these illegals, many have admitted to reporters that they are purposely trying to give birth on U.S. soil for birthright purposes. Uh, you know, I mean, what do you think about something like this? I mean, Biden, he could easily stem the flow of illegals. He could put back in remain in Mexico policy. He could put back in Title 42 for communicable diseases. I'm reading that leprosy has now made a comeback. He could even declare a national emergency on the border over fentanyl alone. 
So why does Biden complain on the one hand? He's sending his, you know, officials to Mexico to try to stem the flow. But then on the other, uh, in the policy perspective, he does nothing. Because that's that's the whole point. That's what they're trying to do. They want to pretend that this is a, a huge crisis caused by these massive global forces and that there's nothing to do that we can do about it. But the truth is, you know, we wear the pants in the U.S.-Mexico relationship. We have the bigger economy. We have uh, the bigger population. And if we were to really put pressure on them, they could stop this flow down at their southern border with Guatemala instead of facilitating it and, and telling us to, to stuff it, which is essentially what happened with that meeting in Mexico. Uh, AMLO, the Mexican president, came out on top. And our guys shrunk away with uh, pretty much nothing that I can see, although they called it productive. So this is a policy choice that Biden has made. He's got all the tools he needs. He doesn't need any more money. He doesn't need any more staff. He could control this situation tomorrow if he wanted to. He could start getting under control. Lieutenant Colonel, we have just 30 seconds yep. left. How much, how vulnerable, how vulnerable are we? Are we sitting ducks because we have this wide open border and, and an administration that simply does not care who dies? Don't take my word for it. Take uh, the word of Christopher Ray, the director of the FBI's word, who say the lights are blinking red. Last time that statement was said, Lydia, by George Tenet, uh, right before 9-11. So I think we all recognize that this open border is allowing for military age men from a variety of countries who are not our friends to come in. And we can only imagine what might happen. And as he said, Joe Biden could stop this in an instant. The policy is to make us vulnerable and open that door for tragedy. Lieutenant Colonel Schaefer, Simon Hankinson, thank you both. Thank, thank you. Coming up, it's been feeling like a BLM summer all over again with uh, out-of-control organized protests. They seem to be very organized. And, of course, no accountability. Why aren't pro-Hamas protesters who attack cops facing any consequences? We'll talk about it after this. I switched. I switched. I switched. I switched to Newsmax. 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 Have you made the switch? You bet I did. My whole family switched. Millions are switching to Newsmax. You should too. Welcome back to Greg Kelly Reports. Hatred towards Jews is now becoming the norm and even acceptable. Our own members of Congress continue to spew hatred and venom with absolutely no repercussions. And one of the biggest offenders, Michigan Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, yesterday she went on another hate-filled rant calling Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu a genocidal maniac. And the hatred, it's not limited to just BB or Republicans either. Take a look at what New York Congressman Richie Torres received on Christmas Day. Let's take a look at that. A bloodied doll of baby Jesus. No arrests, no accountability. And why the calls for murder and genocide towards Jews continues and there is still no consequences for them? Well, here to discuss, former NYPD Commissioner Bernie Carrick. Commissioner, thank you so much for joining us, sir. Thanks, Lydia. Now, just last night, thousands of pro-Hamas protesters swarmed the World Trade Center, chanting for the elimination of Jews, the elimination of Israel. They literally spit in the faces of cops, attack them, and yet there's no arrests. So then you got the officials saying that they're so peaceful. Can't something be done? I'm all for free speech. I'm all for the right to, to peacefully protest. But you also can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater. So why are these people allowed to attack cops and call for the killing, the mass killing of a group of people? Could you imagine if this was being said about black people or, or Spanish or Latin people? 
Yeah, yeah here's the problem. Uh, the FBI is not locking anyone up for violations of federal law, and the city has weak leadership. That's the bottom line. These people should be arrested. The people in the city that are protesting, that are interfering with public events, threatening, you know, violence and, and other action, interfering with public events, they should be arrested. Not giving desk appearance tickets, tickets, not be giving summons. They should be arrested and charged with crimes and held before court. Nobody's, that, that's not happening to anyone. So if you're not going to do that, they're emboldened to continue their conduct, and that's what we're seeing. Yeah, we saw it with the BLM. So maybe they're afraid that they're going to have to, you know, pony up millions of dollars again. I think it's set like a dangerous precedent. So do you think the cops have been told to stand down? Yeah, of course the cops are told to stand down. And listen, the BLM stuff, that's the city. Mm -hmm. The city settled. The city should have never settled. Rudy Giuliani would have never, ever, ever settled with BLM. It wouldn't have happened. They would have had to gone to a trial, and the city would prove, the city could easily prove that they're threatening violence, there are hate crimes involved. These people are engaged in criminal conduct. It's easily provable. Stop cowering to the left and do your job. That's what the mayor should be doing. I mean, we're looking at some video right there. I feel bad for these cops. They're surrounded by hundreds of protesters. It's ridiculous. They're, I have friends in the NYPD. They tell me, a lot of them tell me that it's like a daily occurrence that they get spit on and they can't do anything about it. And then you got Mayor Eric Adams. Uh, he's also predicting that these pro-Hamas protesters could even disrupt New Year's Eve festivities. Take a listen. A serious concern around safety in New Year's Eve, because there's a large number of people, everyone, you know, look for uh, events like this if they want to do bad things. The police department is on top of it. Uh, there's an added concern because of uh, the uh, some of the protests you have been seeing. We're sure that there's going to be some type of attempt this year uh, to use that stage uh, for some other concerns that people are having. He's got a lot of concerns there, Mr. Biden of Brooklyn. What do you think? Yeah, here's what I think. Uh, the intelligence community, they, they have a basic idea of exactly what these people are going to do. They should be working with the FBI and the state police and the terrorist task force to make sure that they prevent any criminal conduct from happening at that event tomorrow night. Uh, or, or uh, on Sunday night. Mm -hmm. The bottom line is they're going to have 7,000 cops that work the detail in Times Square. That is strictly to corral a million to a million and a half, two million people from 41st to 57th Street, Broadway and 7th Avenue. If there's a protest, an attempted protest, they got to take these people out, take them out quick and make sure they're locked up. No more tickets. No more tickets. I mean, what kind of message does that send when, you, when you're just handing out a, a ticket to somebody and just saying, go home, you're calling for the mass elimination of a group of people, but here you go, here's a ticket, I'll never see you again. Yeah, and they come back the next day. Mm -hmm. They're back the next day and the day after. Commissioner Carrick, thank you so much, and I hope you have a happy and healthy and safe New Year. Same to you, Lydia. Thank you.
Coming up, a big blue city Democrat mayor says he has the magical solution to the crime crisis plaguing his city. Hint, hint, it has to do with slavery. Yeah, we'll discuss after this. You know, folks, I thank God for my wonderful wife, my kids, my country, the greatest nation ever. And Americans like you who believe in the truth, The Chris Salcedo Show will never stop fighting for you. The Chris Salcedo Show, for the news you need to know. With the new year comes hope that things will get better. But now more than ever, the American voter must realize that elections have consequences. All over our country, Americans are forced to now live in constant fear as a result of the soft on crime policies instituted by woke Democrats. Once flourishing cities are now being destroyed by repeat offenders, a revolving door of justice that just keeps on spinning and hurting the very communities Democrats claim to be protecting. Let's welcome in spokesperson for the National Police Association and retired Chicago area police officer Betsy Brantner-Smith. Also with us, former Georgia representative and founder of Wake Up America, Vernon Jones. Thank you both for joining me. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Vernon, let's start off with you first. Uh, Chicago Police Department, its yearly numbers show that African-Americans now make up nearly 80 percent of victims of crime in the city. You can only assume that 2023 is going to be even worse. People who live in the inner cities, they, they vote overwhelmingly Democrat, like in cities of Chicago, Philadelphia, New York City. After this nonstop crime wave, thanks to Democrat policies, do you think these voters are, are going to wake up? Well, first of all, I'm a former county executive, and I had to command a very large police department. So I've dealt with crime. I've dealt with people in the black community and the white community as well. I've had to deal with the, with the NAACP related to police shootings. So I, bear, I have a lot of experience in that area. I would tell you this. There cannot be uh, a free ride when you commit a crime. There has to be whether you're black, blue, yellow, green, it does not matter. You have to support your law enforcement officers because they need to do their job. They do not need to be wondering whether or not, if I enforce the law, I'm going to either be indicted or I'm going to be fired. Now, if you have some bad officers, we deal with them. But by and large, most officers do their jobs. They love doing their jobs, and they're there to protect citizens. And so I can tell you, where you allow crime to take place and your district attorney is not prosecuting and judges are not giving them the adequate sentences, you're going to have a community that's going to be ravaged with crime and, and unlawfulness, and we cannot tolerate that. I don't, black people want law and order. Black people want their neighborhoods safe. And black people want officers to, to enforce the law. Absolutely. And Betsy, in New York City, we saw a man. He stabbed uh, two teenagers in Grand Central Station while they were visiting for the holiday. He, he yelled out that he wants all white people to die. The deranged attacker, he was cut loose by a Bronx judge just weeks earlier for attacking and threatening to kill white people. Prosecutors had asked for him to be put in a mental health facility, but he was simply allowed to walk and go home. This guy, he, this one right here, Stephen Hutcherson, he's been arrested 17 times before, 17 times, attempted murder, assault, illegal weapon, drug dealing. These aren't minor offenses. Why Why are the uh, the judges not enforcing the law? I mean, you in this case, you have the prosecutor saying, this guy, he's something's wrong with him. We need to put him in a mental hospital. But you have the judges that just said, okay, a little slap on the wrist. Why don't you go home and promise to be a good boy and come back and, and not come back and, and do the same thing again? 
Well, we've had this horrific assault on not just law enforcement, but on our entire criminal justice system. So even when you have prosecutors who are saying, please keep this guy in jail, you know, you do have these woke judges who say either I won't or I can't. Maybe there was no room for him somewhere. We have, you know, terrible mental health facilities, especially in New York. But I, I want to talk to something, too, that Vernon said, where cops do just want to do their job. Lydia, you have, and I have talked about this so many times, and we ha we've had three police officers shot in the last 24 hours, two of them fatally, wow. just trying to do their wow. job. We all keep talking about who's going to be president next year. Everybody needs to look at who's going to be your mayor, sit on your city council, your county board, who's going to be your prosecutor. And remember, half of these judges we elect, we need judges that are going to keep people in jail until it's time for them to go to trial. And we also need to look at the mental health system in this country and give cops some help in dealing with these people so that we don't keep having these horrific crimes. Take the handcuffs off the cops and put them on the criminals where they belong. We're not talking about, uh, you know, just somebody stealing something or shoplifting. But then again, there is the broken windows policy, Betsy. Talk about that, where you prosecute these lower level crimes to, pre to prevent the higher level ones, like attempted murder. Those two girls that were stabbed in Grand Central, thank God they're okay, but they're, they're still in the hospital. Well, yeah, and they're going to be remembered New York for the rest of their life for the fact that they got attacked. Broken Windows policing worked in the 80s. It started in New York. It swept the country. We had a 90s crime problem, and the way that we solved it was good old-fashioned police work with the help of our prosecutors who would help us put people in jail. Look, you know, here's the thing. We need to punish criminals, and we have stopped doing that in the last three and a half years. And we have something that we didn't have in the 90s. We have a nine out of every 10 police departments in this country is short staffed. There was just a survey done asking police officers, what are you worried about? It's not getting hurt. It's not even getting sued. It's am I going to get indicted wow. for simply doing my job? We have 75 George Soros installed prosecutors working around this country and more on the ballot in 2024. You got to vote, people. You got to vote right. like your life depends on it because it does. Absolutely. You brought up a great point about the mayor, uh, Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson. I want you to take a listen to his strategy, Vernon, on how he can eliminate crime in, in the crime-ridden, plagued Chicago. Take a listen to this brilliant idea. I've just released my full-out um, community safety plan that not only gets at the root causes of violence in the city of Chicago, but we're making critical investments. I've added a, a half a million dollars for restoration and reparations to address, again, the cycle of violence. So, Vernon, he said reparations. Do you think that's the answer here, reparations for the criminals? I wonder if Obama's going to get a check or a refund. Not sure about that, Eastern Chicago. Let's be clear here. When you're addressing uh, crime, it has, you have to take a comprehensive approach. You have to work with the police department, the district attorney, the judges, and the community at large. They need a real uh, chief executive that understands law enforcement and give them the tools and resources to do their job, and they will clean those streets of Chicago. They need a Mayor Giuliani type. All right, guys, thank you so much. Happy New Year to you both. Thanks for Thank having you. us.
Coming up this new year, new news maybe. Next year, the fake news will be better at telling the truth. We'll reflect on our favorite moments from this week. That's up next. The fake news continues to spin its lies and narratives, acting as a right-hand propaganda machine for the Biden White House. And there have been some doozies lately. Let's welcome in our media panel to discuss senior research analyst for Newsbusters at the Media Research Center, Bill D'Agostino. Also with us, attorney, author, and former California Republican Party chair, Don, Tom Del Belcaro. Thank you, gentlemen, for being with us this evening. Bill, Thanks let's, a lot. Bill, Good let's start with you, you first. Uh, uh, presidential hopeful Nikki Haley, she got called out by a nine-year-old. Uh, take a listen. It was a very funny moment. I wanted to ask you, so Chris Christie thinks that you are a flip-flopper on the Donald Trump issue. And honestly, I agree with him. And you're basically the new John Kerry. <laughs> Wow, that's pretty bad when you're getting called the new John Kerry. She got burned by a nine-year-old. But you know what? I think she handled herself well. She had a smile on her face. What do you think? I think she did. I, I think that the, the basis of the question, the whole Chris Christie thing, is, is really the crux of this issue, which is Christie has basically made himself the left-wing media's favorite candidate, right? In, in the same way that the uh, DeSantis camp is very much planning on trying to make a miracle happen in Iowa, I think that the Christie camp has put all of their eggs into the basket of New Hampshire. And as a result, he's he's kind of trying to appeal to a much softer sort of Republican base, uh, many of whom don't really like Trump. And because of that, he's allowing himself to be used basically as a talking point machine against the entire Trump camp. And uh, I guess I guess now it's starting to wrap Haley in as well. Yeah, I, I feel like anytime they want to slam Trump, it's like, come on in, let's bring in Chris Christie. Now, Tom, Democrats, it seems like they're panicking because they're realizing that Trump, he's gaining a lot of momentum, specifically when it comes to young voters. However, the fake news, it's now come up with a new strategy to secure the 2024 election for the Democrats. Take a listen. I have a 21-year-old son who will walk into my room every day, probably just to annoy me and say, Joe Rogan said this, Ben Shapiro said this, same. Andrew Tate said that. Same, I have 17-year-old, same. And, yeah. Do you think Joe Biden's about to saddle up to Joe Rogan? No, God, no. I mean, well, or, or that. Yeah, or he should. Least, he should go on Joe Rogan. He should go on Joe Rogan. I yeah. think that would be the best thing from So they're trying to sound hip and cool and Joe Rogan. I mean, Tom, what, what, do, you, what do you think about this? I mean, you know, poll after poll is showing that Trump in a hypothetical matchup with Joe Biden would beat him. Yeah, absolutely. And just as importantly on the issues, Biden's in the 20s or the 30s with really no way to recover it because they're getting worse on those particular issues. So their legacy media is doing their best to campaign for Joe Biden. Wasn't that that wasn't that a campaign strategy meeting? They don't actually talk about issues, you notice. They only can talk about either Trump is really bad or hire Chris Christie to do the job of failing or do what they're doing there, which is just outright campaigning. So look, they are desperate at this stage and they're not gonna come back. Two years ago, I wrote that Joe Biden's poll numbers aren't gonna come back because he's too old and his policies are too bad. Well, here we are. 
Yeah, his policies are wrecking this country. I don't care how old you are, but you just when you don't know what you're doing, uh, I, I think he, could, he wouldn't know what to do if even if he was like in his 50s. Now, Bill, speaking of Joe, uh, he spoke to reporters before heading out on to vacation. Once again, he spent what, like 39 percent of his presidency. Now he's in sunny St. Croix. Take a listen to what he said to reporters when asked about the state of our economy. About the economy, sir, what's your outlook on the economy next year? All good. Take a look. Start reporting it the right way. So, Bill, when in doubt, blame the messenger. Yeah, I mean, and, and this has been the case for years, right? I think it was two years ago that the Biden administration, at, at the end of their first their first year in office, started calling a bunch of uh, legacy media network heads into in have strategy meetings to talk about how better to accurately report the economy, which we know what that really means. But also listen to the tone of that question. What's your outlook on the economy? Right. No, no quoting difficult figures to him. No pointing out that inflation is still through the roof, that people are saying that a lot of these prices are going to stick. Right. It's not the transitory thing that this administration told us it would be. There's there's nothing about uh, about any of the other factors that are hammering everyday Americans right now. Instead, it's just, oh, Mr. President, are you uh, are you feeling rosy about the economy or mm. negative? What, what's your take? I know it's ridiculous. Don't believe your eyes. Don't believe your ears and don't believe your bank accounts either. That's the Biden way. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Take Thanks so much. All right. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more after the break. Real conflict. Real threats. Real heart. Now there's a place America gets its news. No agenda. Just the facts. Newsmax. Real news for real people. Welcome back. Let's talk about Newsmax Plus. We know you love Newsmax and you watch us all the time. Good job. But starting last month, we had to stop our free streaming on apps. So we launched Newsmax Plus. And in just a few short weeks, hundreds of thousands of people have already signed up. Newsmax Plus lets you watch Newsmax on your phone, your tablet, your home TV. You can watch it anytime, anywhere. You'll get all of your favorite shows like Greg Kelly, my show as well, Sunday Agenda, which is on at noon Eastern on Sundays. The Count also Saturdays, 5 p.m. Eastern. You can also catch, of course, Rob Schmidt, Carl Higby, Greta, and so many more. You'll also get the Newsmax channel, plus great documentaries, movies, and specials. Newsmax Plus just released actor John Voight's special series on Israel. We even have a Newsmax Plus section for the best President Trump rallies ever. So get Newsmax Plus today. It doesn't cost you a thing to start. Just go to NewsmaxPlus.com for your free, no-risk trial and try it out today. All right, everyone, we discussed a lot of important issues facing our nation, from election interference to the border to the economy and crime. And I, I worry often about talking about these issues, especially at night, because you're trying to go to bed, because I don't want you to be up at night. I don't want you to feel powerless, because you know what? You are doing something amazing right now as we speak. You're watching Newsmax, and with Newsmax, you're learning and finding out about what's really going on in this world. You're, you're able to dispute all the fake news out there. So this year, this new year, I am hopeful for a brighter future, and you should be too. I often think about what St. Francis of Assisi once famously said, that all the darkness in the world cannot extinguish the light of a single candle. So allow yourself to be that hope, to be that light. Allow your friends, your family, and of course, your faith be that foundation for you as well. And that'll do it for this edition of Greg Kelly Reports. I'm Lydia Serrani. 
trust and remember that God is with you in all ways, always. I hope you have a very blessed and happy new year. Hey guys, it's Carson. Christmas just passed, but I have a really great gift idea. You can still give yourself. Why don't you give yourself the new streaming service, Newsmax Plus? Move over Netflix and Disney Plus and Hulu. Just start Newsmax Plus. I subscribed. I love it. Get Newsmax Best Shows with Rob Schmidt, Eric Boulding, Greta Van Susteren, Greg Kelly, and more. You also get lots of movies, documentaries, history, comedy. Newsmax Plus just signed up more than 180,000 people. Newsmax Plus lets you watch the Newsmax channel on your phone or home TV app. And Newsmax Plus is the only streamer to give you all the Donald Trump rallies. Fox News censors most of them. So get Newsmax Plus today. It's free to start. Just go to NewsmaxPlus.com. That's Newsmax, spell the plus, dot com. Start your free subscription again. NewsmaxPlus.com. That's NewsmaxPlus.com. Millions are switching to Newsmax. So try it free today.